0: are working things. God's word is working in your life. It's working in my life, but also anger, what anger, what is anger? Anger is the end of your patience. That's what anger is. I've had it. Anger is the end of patience. So we get to the end of our patience and boom man, you know anger comes out right? I've had it, I'm done. Well, you normally don't get angry until your patience runs out. So you come to the house of God, and you're all you're all angry and upset, you know. You can't hear the Word of God. That's what the Bible says. It's a hindrance. It's garbage. It's filth in our life. And human anger, he says, does not work the righteousness of God. Right? See, do we have this idea once again that if I look at something in life and it's not correct and it's not right, then I'm going to get God to intervene and make it right if I get angry. You know, like God needs my help. God, I'm going to get angry. I'm going to show you how angry I am about this situation. And when I get angry, then you'll come and do something about it. God says, get out of my way before I run over you. He's telling you, he, he don't need your help of anger to make things right. If you look at things and things are all out of joint, you know, and everything's, you know what I'm saying? You just get angry. Okay, God, nothing's happening. God, I'm just getting angry right here. And then you know, God said, oh, they're getting angry. I better go and help them. No. The Bible says the anger, anger does not, human anger does not work the righteousness of God. So you get all angry and mad and I get all angry and mad and, and God will just stand over there in the corner and just wait till you get over it. He says, are you, are you done now? Are you done? Okay, now I'll come and do something. Because anger does not work the righteousness of God. He doesn't need you or, your or my help to straighten things out. You know? So some of y'all today, some of you are not too happy. You're not too happy. And you think that that's going to produce the righteousness of God, that God's going to straighten things out because you're not happy. You're angry. He's telling you it does not work, the righteousness of God. It's not going to help the situation. Now, the Bible talks about in the book of Ephesians that there is anger that's good. Amen? It says, be, be angry and sin not. So even when he talks about being angry, he said, don't sin. There's boundaries on angry. See, righteous indignation is indignation. You get, you get angry about the right thing, right? But just human anger because things are not the way you want them and things are not, uh, they're out of joint, you know. And you think, well, if I just get angry here, then I'll get some help. Find me. God says, no. It don't work that way with God. Okay? He doesn't need my human anger to come and take control of the situation and change the situation. So what I have to do is say, Lord, you know, I'm and, and we have to be like we pray. Be honest with God. Lord, I'm not happy right now about this situation. You know, I, I feel my temperature rising. My patients are about to run out. I'm about to blow up here, you know. Hey okay, Lord, but I'm going to calm down and I'm going to get out of your way. And I'm going to let you fix it. God don't need your help. He doesn't need my help to fix His universe or to fix the problem, the situation. Hallelujah. Amen. Say with me, the wrath of God worketh not. The wrath of man worketh not. The righteous of God. It doesn't. How many y'all ever thought, yeah? Okay, the matter I get, the moral change. Yeah, it's gonna change, all right. For the for the worse, not the better. Amen. Nobody's angry this morning, right? Everybody happy? Then you better tell your face, because this is the filth. This is the garbage in our life that hinders the Word of God from doing its work. See, that's why he says be swift to hear and slow to speak. Because when you get angry, what does it do? It triggers the tongue. And when your anger triggers the tongue, you think, well, these are just words. They're not just words. They are working something in your life. They're working something in other people's lives, and it's not good. So you've got the word of truth that you're listening to and you're hearing, amen, and receiving with, with meekness that word, or, or you've got words that are coming out of your mouth as a result of your anger that is also working some things, and it's not good. Everybody everybody, all right up? Here? Okay. So y'all, nobody's ever come to church mad, have you? Did you did you see any good results out of that? You blew up and lost your temper, lost your cool, right? Did any, anything good come out of that? No holes in the wall. That's what came out of it. Holes in the wall, right? Busted doors. Well, y'all looking y'all sure are quiet this morning because you live. You say I'm obeying the word of God. I'm swift to hear and slow to speak, Pastor. But y'all are unusually quiet this morning. Amen. Yeah, a lot of damage can come because of anger and because of the words that are coming out. You know, when I was in school, we used to have this saying, Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That is the biggest lying proverb that's ever been said. That proverb is not true. How many of you ever heard that? Y'all ever said that? Well, when did we say that? It's when we were being bullied on the playground by somebody. You know, they're bullying you on the playground. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's what we would tell them, right? No, man, words are powerful. Because they're not just information. Words are working. Just like God's Word works to bring salvation, words of anger produce destructive things in the life and you and I have to get rid of that all of us at times have issues with this and we've got to get rid of this anger amen, amen. Or you may be mad today about something that happened 10-15 years ago and you're still angry and you come to church and it affects your ability to hear the word of God to respond to the word of God and so James this is this, brothers and sisters my dearly beloved this is a command from God. That you and I get rid of the garbage to get rid of the filth of anger out of our lives so that we can hear the Word of God. Amen? So when you come to hear a sermon, you prepare to hear that sermon by listening. Get ready to listen. Hear it. Internalize the Word of God. But you got to get rid of the garbage out of your life because if you don't, you're not going to be able to hear it. Is everybody with me here? Praise the Lord. Amen? Now, brothers and sisters, right now, there are signals all around us. You know? Radio signals all around us. And all kinds of genres of music. Okay? Country music is all around you. Contemporary Christian music is all around you. Rap music is all around you. Are you all awake? can you hear it no why can't you hear it it's in the air why can't you hear it I mean if the radio is playing right now why can't you hear it yeah cuz you're not you don't you're not in the frequency you gotta tap into the frequency and then you'll hear there are radio waves all around you right now, man. People singing to you. You can't hear. They're singing to me right now. I can't hear it, until I tap into the frequency. It's called a radio, and then I can hear it. And I tune into this station. It's got a different frequency, and I can hear that music. So when you come to the house of God there's the Word. It's going It's going out there. It's being given to you. But are you tapping into the frequency? Are you hearing it or not? And what hinders the Word of God in your life from working in your life and working in my life is the filth of anger. And James says, remove it. Get rid of it. Stop thinking that the more angry you get, the more God is going to come in and fix the problem. God doesn't work that way. Amen? So what we have to do is you say, okay, calm down. I'm going to let God come in here and I'm going to let God put things together. I'm going to let God make things right. Praise the Lord. Because anger, anger will destroy you, man. The Word of God will save you if you let it save you. It'll heal you. It'll deliver you. But, but anger and words that come out of the mouth are destructive. They're working in your life. Amen. Praise the Lord. Have you gone to the prayer room before and you were just angry about everything. Did it do you much good to go to the prayer room? No. Amen. Did you have a fight with your wife before you got to church? I Me and Brother Marshall, are the only ones that don't do that anymore. We've been married for since the dinosaurs, man. You know. So we don't do that anymore, you know. No, everybody sometimes has some kind of tension going on. Amen? And it'll affect your ability to tune in to the frequency of God's Word. And God wants to work in your life. God wants to do great things in your life. Praise the Lord. And So me and Brother Mark is the only ones that don't fight with our wives and Brother Andrew because they're newlyweds. Okay, and and they've just been married a year, you know. But look at them, I mean, they're about in each other's lap in church, just love, just makes me sick. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. I think they're going to be newlyweds for the rest of their life. That just they're going to be different from everybody, but. But you know what it's like, don't you, to have the tensions in life and anger. And, amen? Amen. Just get out of the way and let God step in. Let God take care of it. He knows how to do it better than I do. He doesn't need my help. Right? That's what James said. Do you think that, that when you get angry, that that's actually making or causing God to come and fix something? He said, no, God doesn't work like that you got to get rid of the garbage. Get rid of that filth. Get rid of that anger. Because when you lose your temper, it's not causing God to fix it. And it affects your ability to hear another thing that should be working in your life, and that's the Word of God. Amen. So the anger produces all kinds of bitterness, you know. And then we start feeling sorry for ourselves. And Amen? Amen? So slow to wrath. Be slow to wrath. Slow to anger. Don't give in to that human anger that tries to take over your life. Right? Amen? See, you're in the kingdom of God. You're in God's kingdom. I am too. I need this. I need this. I don't know if you need this, but I need this. Because I want to be able to hear the word of God. Amen? Internalize it. Get it in me. And and let it work in my life. So wherefore lay apart all filthiness. He calls it filthiness. And superfluity of naughtiness. Amen? That that superfluity is left over, you know. What's left over? Superfluity of naughtiness. Don't go back into your old way of living. Don't be that old person that you used to be before you got in God, Amen? Don't live like that person that you used to be. Praise the Lord. Let let God's Word do its work. So we listen to the Word of God when we come to church. Make sure you're tuned in, you're hearing, and you get rid of the garbage, number two, right? To hear the sermon properly. Got to get rid of the garbage. Amen. How many times have you come to church and you brought so much garbage with you that you never heard anything? I mean, you walked out of the church service and you don't know, you don't even know what the message was because you were so full of garbage. Amen. Now, brother says, I can't do it for you. You got to do it. I can't change you. You got to change. You know what causes pastors to burn out? Pastors burn out in ministry because they think they're the ones producing change. If you're going to be a pastor and not burn out as a pastor, you've got to understand it's not your responsibility to change anybody. It's your responsibility to stand up and declare the Word of God And it's the responsibility of the people that you give the Word of God to. It's their responsibility to change and let that Word of God work in their life. Amen? And I have to remind myself sometimes like that, man, because if I don't, you know, I I have a tendency to maybe have a breakdown. Right? No, it's not my problem. It's theirs. But I'm going to preach the Word of God to you, and if you'll listen hear, with intention, Internalize that word and get rid of the stuff, the garbage, out of your life. You own it. This is what you got to do. Then you can change. That's not my responsibility. That's yours. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, I, by the grace of God, I'm not going to burn out. I've been pastoring, you know, this church for 25 years, and I have to remind myself sometimes of that. So praise the Lord. Hallelujah. How many of y'all want to change? You should hear the Word of God. Get rid of the anger. That's what James is saying, right? Okay. The next thing he tells us about the Word of God is that we are to receive with meekness the engrafted Word which is able to save your souls. Okay? So we listen. We get rid of the garbage. And thirdly, we receive the Word of God with humility, with meekness. And the Bible, James calls that Word, he called it the Word of Truth before, now he calls it the implanted Word, which is able to save your soul. What is an implanted Word? The implanted Word, or the engrafted Word, which is able to save your souls. What is he saying? Okay, when you have time, go to Jeremiah 31, start with like 27, verse 27 through 34, and it's connected to the New Covenant. And God said He's going to take His people and He's going to plant them or implant them back into the land. It's speaking of restoration. So when the Bible says uh, if you listen, amen, properly to the Word of God, you get rid of the garbage that's hindering the Word of God from working in your life. Thirdly, you receive that implanted uh, word with humility. That implanted word means that It's God's plan to restore His people. He wants to restore you. He wants to restore me. Hallelujah. Now, you might give up on yourself one strike. But God don't give up on you one strike. You might give up your... I mean, we have a problem with that. Give up on... I don't give up my... Well, I uh, strike one, I'm out. Now, God doesn't... He's not like that. God wants to come in your life and as you allow that Word of God to work in your life, to restore you. It's not strike one, you're out. It's not even strike two or strike three, you're out. Because He's a good God. And He does these things not because we deserve it, but He does it because out of His own will, His own purpose, His own decree. He decreed, He decided that that's what He's going to do. But you have to be willing to get rid of the garbage and receive that word of God with humility so it can work the restoration in your life. Amen? And stop trying to be God. You let God be God in your life. Amen? How many of y'all want to receive with meekness, with humility, the implanted word? Why? I do. Because it's able to save my soul. Every time you and I come to church... Now, I know I'm preaching to, to the saved today. I don't think there's anybody in here... As far as I know, God only knows that's lost. Okay? As far as I know, everybody here today is saved. Okay? So He's not talking... Yeah, that's when you heard the word preached, that's what started the whole process. You received that word, right? But salvation is ongoing. So every time you and I come to the church, we are being saved... As we listen to the Word of God and it's working in our life, we're getting rid of the garbage, the anger, the filth out of our lives so we can hear that Word. We're receiving it with the right spirit, with the right attitude. It's a spirit of humility. It's not pride. I don't need that. It's humility. I need the Word of God. And he said it's able to save your souls. That means it's right now, brothers and sisters, every one of you, including myself, are being saved by the Word of God. You're not saved by the love of God. The love of God is what motivated God to save you. Amen? You and I are saved by the Word of God. And as long as we stay in in a place in our hearts where we're listening to the Word of God, we're getting rid of the garbage, the filth, the anger out of our life that's hindering that Word from working, and we're receiving that Word with the right attitude of humility, God is going to keep on saving you. He's going to, it's just, it, his word's going to keep on working in your life amen. and ultimately what's that going to produce a life that's full of blessing God will come and he will enrich your life because you are receiving his word what is it word what is his word producing it's producing a beautiful plant amen and that's what he wants amen praise the Lord Verse 22, he goes on. All right, so how, how are we to listen to a sermon? Number one, we listen intently. Number two, we have to get rid of the garbage that hinders that word. Number three, we receive it with humility, a right attitude. Okay, praise the Lord. Now, I don't, see, I'm talking to you in a low tone of voice. I don't to scream at you, do I? Or do I? Okay, let me get, no. Nah, nah. Okay, watch. But be, verse 22, but be doers of the word. Say doers of the word. Put that word into action. That message that you've listened to, you've got rid of the garbage out of your life so you can hear it, it can work in your life, you received it with the right attitude. Now, once you hear that word, it's important to be a doer of the word. Amen? Put it into action. Do what you heard. Obey that word. Right? Not hearers only. Now, this is interesting. The word hearer comes from a word in the Greek, and I don't remember the Greek word, but you'll understand the word in the English, auditor. He said, don't be an auditor when you go to church. Now, Brother Timothy knows probably this better than I do because of the environment. He's a professor at the college, right? So he probably understands this better than I do but from time to time they'll bring auditors in the class and in certain colleges I don't know if they do it there OC or not but they'll bring an auditor in that class and that auditor all they're there to do brothers and sisters is to listen to the teacher teach they don't do any of the assignments they don't do any of the work they don't put anything that's being taught into action all they do is go there to audit to listen to what's being said. And James is saying when you come to the house of God, you are not to be an auditor. You are not just to come here and sit here and to listen and not do the assignment and not do the work and not obey it. Do not be look at your neighbor and help the priest, tell him, do not be a hearer only. An auditor. You have an assignment. When that word of God go sport you have an assignment to put it into action to be a doer of the word not an auditor we got a lot of good auditors in the church they come to church man and they you know they love they love to learn more they love knowledge right get more facts about the bible well you can know this bible you can have this bible memorized from genesis to revelation and be deceived if you don't put it into action. So all you have is just words or or just knowledge. That's it. Does the Word of God or has the Word of God changed your life? Are you and I living the Word of God or we just know about the Word of God? See, that's an auditor. So how many auditors are here today? You're not an auditor. Because an auditor hears only, right? So you can start out being an auditor, right? But at some point, now what? What if you're an auditor? Then do you get credit for the class? Do you ever have auditors coming? You listen, to you brother. Yeah. Do they call them auditors? Yeah. Well, you need to correct that. You need to. You need to. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. (laughs) You know, but that's what they do, right? They're going to sit. So, do you give them credit for your math class because they went there and sat down? No, because they didn't do the assignments. Okay? So, when you come to the house of God, if you're the auditor, all you do is hear the word of God, but it doesn't bring any change in your life. It affects your life very little. That's the auditor. And guess what's so sad about it is if you're an auditor, you don't get credit for the class. And there's a lot of people that go to church today, this morning, and they're auditors. I'm not saying this when I'm pointing to the church down the street. They're auditors. And they don't get credit for the class because they never put the Word into action. James says, don't be a hearer of the word an auditor only, but be a doer of the word. Put the word of God into action. Is it changing your life? Are you doing the word of God? Now, I know this is real basic wisdom, but I'm, I know, we need it. Okay? So when we come to the house of God, number one, we're going to listen well. We're going to internalize that Word. We're going to let the Word of God work in us. But before we do that, we've got to get rid of the filth, the garbage called anger out of our lives, human anger, because that doesn't work. The righteousness of God, it's not going to help Him get anything done in your life. And number three, you receive it with the right attitude and humility, and then you be a doer of that Word. You put it into action. That's how to hear a sermon properly. When I walk out of the church today, is this going to affect my life? Amen. Is it going to change me or not? Am I a doer of the word? Be ye doers of the word, James says, and not hearers or auditors, only deceiving your own selves. There's a lot of people that are deceived. Why? Because they read the Bible. They have so much knowledge of the Bible, but it didn't change their life. Self-deception. Verse 23 For if any man be a hearer of the word, an auditor of the word, and not a doer. Now notice, if any man, that means all your sisters are off the hook. If any man, okay, if any, wow. Did it say man? Well, it does say later, but for if any be a hearer, that includes the women, Say, praise the Lord. And not a doer he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass, for he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. Amen. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein. Amen. Right. Right. He being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deeds. So God, he says, when you take the word of God, it's the mirror. And there must be self-reflection in your life. Let me say it again. There must be self-reflection in your life. See, the, the problem is today, uh, in most people, they have IQ. That means they have facts in the brain, knowledge in the brain, IQ, but they don't have EQ, which means emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence is wisdom. Emotional intelligence means you are aware of yourself. You are you understand what's going on in you. Alright? And then as, you, as you're aware of what is going on in you because of the self-reflection, amen, right, then you can go out and you can deal with these things around your in your life. You can regulate self. Okay? If you're in touch with yourself by, by reflection, amen, emotional IQ, in touch with yourself, if you're in touch with yourself, then you can regulate yourself. But if you don't know yourself, you can't regulate yourself. And when they did a study, Newsweek did a study on the President of the United States, and they studied those that had a high IQ and those who had a high EQ. And the Presidents of the United States that had a high EQ, that means emotional intelligence, were more effective as Presidents than Presidents that had high IQs. Because those Presidents were aware of themselves, and they knew how to work with people. They knew how to implement plans and even manipulate certain situations to get things done because they understood themselves and they could regulate themselves and they knew how to handle people. Amen. They knew what to do in life. Emotional intelligence. That's what we like. So James is saying when you go to the Word of God, there must be self-reflection. You look into that Word, and you see yourself in that Word. What do you see? In James' day, they had a problem. Okay? See, right now, I can I don't have my phone on me, but I can take my phone down, and I can clip a selfie. Click a selfie. I mean, and that'll last a long time. Now, I don't do that. Because I scare myself. <laughs> I'm not kidding, man. I scare myself. I uh, anyway, we won't go there. But. You know, we have that technology, but not in, in that day, they didn't have that technology. So they had these mirrors, and you got mirrors too. But James, says, some of you, what you do when it comes to the Word of God, you're like a person who walks by the mirror and just glances at it real quick. Okay? Yeah. No. He says what you should be doing is, as he goes on and explains it, he says that we have to literally the words that he uses means to stoop down and look in that mirror and have self-reflection. What do you see in that mirror of the word of God when you look at yourself? Amen. Now when you look into that word of God and you spend time, you stoop down and you look in that mirror, well, what's it going to show you? You got to think about what you're seeing. It takes time to have emotional EQ. It takes time to know, you know, you know yourself, what's going on in yourself, so you can regulate yourself. It takes time. It takes time to look, amen, not at the mirror, but in the mirror. You can look at the glass, but not look in the mirror and see yourself. When you come, when it comes to the Word of God, you look at that. You stoop down. You look at that mirror, and you see self-reflection. What does that Bible saying about you? Okay. Well, if you're the kind of person that just does, hey, you walk by the mirror and a quick, glance. Well, your hair could be all out of shape, you know, and you know what I'm saying. You walk away, you know, and you're a mess. But you walk away. I'm good and everybody says you didn't look in the mirror did you? You just looked at the mirror but you didn't look in the mirror because you're a mess see and you don't know your condition you don't know your your condition because you didn't look long enough into the word of God to see that condition and have self reflection Amen so what do you do if somebody says "I'm, I'm good and they're all messed up You need to go back and look. Can you go look in the mirror again and you'll find out, right? Your condition. You're not seeing your condition very well because you're not in tune with yourself as you look into the Word of God and see yourself in that Word and the Word's saying things about you that need to be changed, but you're not changing. You're not seeing your present state, your condition. God wants you and I to look in the Word of God and see what our condition is. Amen. And we need to correct what needs to be corrected. And if we do that, the Word of God has performed a service. We've allowed it to work in our life. Praise the Lord. But what you have to understand is this, is that when He talks about... uh, Verse 23, for if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. Right? Naturally, natural face. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man, say man, he is. Now what I want you to understand is this, is that when God, when you're looking into the word of God, don't just look for all of the things that are wrong. You should, When you look in the mirror today, you should see a different person than who you used to be. When, when, when he says look in the mirror, he's not talking about the old carnal man looking in the mirror. The word, the natural, the Bible talks about the natural man here, the natural face, means his Genesis face. And the word man here is the word that means a man of honor. This is not the fallen man looking in the mirror. This is not the fallen woman that's looking in the mirror. This is the born-again woman and the born-again man. And God says, when you look in that mirror, you should see your newness... And you keep looking in that Word until you see your newness. That's who I am in Christ. And don't go back to that old, old man. Put off the old man, Paul says. Put on the new man. Put off the old man. Put on the new man. That's the way Paul said it. When you look in that mirror, you see a different person. I'm not that old person that was living in sin. I'm a born-again believer. I'm a child of God. And that's what I now see in that mirror. If when you look in that mirror, all you see is your old self, you're not supposed to be seeing your old self. You know, every once in a while you might see that old Adamic nature coming out. Well, i got to correct that. No, what God wants to see is that you are a new creation in Jesus Christ. See your Genesis face. See the man of honor. That's the word that's used here. The man of honor. The born-again man. The born-again woman. That's what you and I should be seeing. Hallelujah. You look in that mirror and you're sick of yourself. You should be seeing... A new creation in Christ Jesus. What God has done for me. Hallelujah. So, amen. Your condition. What is your condition today? Are you a fallen, carnal, lost individual? Is that what you see in the mirror? Or do you see a born-again believer? A person of honor? Hallelujah. The point is, what is your condition? You find it by looking in the Word of God. This is the mirror. And self-reflecting and understanding. Amen. Who you are in Christ. See, a lot of times I think we're, we're so used to looking in the mirror and seeing our old self that we think that's who we are. You're looking at the wrong, you're looking at the old person, the old man. Look in, don't just look at the mirror, look into the mirror of God's Word and see that you're in a new creation in Christ Jesus by the Word of Truth. Hallelujah. And if you're listening and you're getting rid of the garbage out of your life and you're receiving the Word of God with the right attitude and you're going going away and you're doing that Word, you're not beholding your face in the mirror and forgetting what you saw. Amen. You're becoming more and more like your new self. Amen. Because God is speaking to you about who you are in Him. Amen. So when I look in, the, look in the mirror, I can say, Man, what a filthy sinner you are. Just ugly, no good, filthy sinner. I can look in the mirror and I can say, What a failure you are. Or I can say, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's who I am, and that's how I'm going to live because of what the Word of God says about me. That's who I am, and that's the way I'm going to live. And I'm not going to go back into that old man, and put that old man back on again. Say praise the Lord, hallelujah. How of you under? Are you in touch with that reality? That you've been saved. You're a born again believer. You're a new creation. How many are in touch with that? You say, well, you know why we testify? You know, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus, because I don't smoke, dip, cuss, and go with the women that, the girls that do. <laughs> That's our testimony, right? Yeah. No. Our testimony should see when I look in the mirror of God's word, I see a brand new person. A new creation in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And that's what I. But see, if you're not, if you're just looking at it at a glance, you look at yourself and say, you're just a filthy sinner. And if you don't see who you are in Christ, you'll never change. Because all you see is your mess. And God doesn't want you to see your mess all the time. Amen. Now, if you got, when you look in the mirror of God's Word, Asia, you've got to pick on you and you see your eyelashes out of place, go ahead and put it back. Amen? Right? So when you see something out of place that line up with the Word of God, then you get it lined up. But don't, don't spend so much time on focusing on your failures. That's not going to get you anywhere. It's focusing on, uh, Jesus loves me. I'm a child of God. God saved me. It was by His will. I didn't originate this. He's the one who said, I love you. He said, I'm going to save you. He said, I will, will deliver you. Amen? Amen? Praise the Lord. Amen. You look in the mirror and say, I'm just a filthy drug addict. Guess what? You'll keep being a filthy drug addict. You look in the mirror and say, I'm an alcoholic. That's what you'll be. Amen? You look in the mirror and say, I'm just a whore monger. That's what you'll be. You look in the mirror and you say, I'm just a whore. That's what you'll be. I'm going to be real with you this morning. You've got to look in there and say, that's not who I am. You have to keep looking into, that, into the mirror of God's Word and see your newness. Say with me, who I am. Not what I am. You have to see who you are. Okay, let's say... Say, who are you? Brother Michael, who are you? Child of God. See, he knows. He knows the punchline. He... Right? But it, but most people you walk up to you say, who are you? They say, well, I work for First Cafeteria. You know? Uh, right? Just start talking about it, what they are. What? It's not about what you are, it's who you are. And when you look in the mirror, don't always see what you are, but see who you are in Christ Jesus. And don't forget that when you go away, praise the Lord, and it will change your life. because you will stop seeing yourself in that old man? Stop looking at the old man. The old man's not supposed to be seen. The new man is supposed to be seen. The generation man, hallelujah. And that when you do that, when you behold your newness, new self in the Word of God, you will become more and more like Jesus Christ every time you look into that mirror and internalize that Word of God and put it into action and get rid of the garbage out of your life, you will see more and more, hey, I'm a child of God, that's who I am. I'm forgiven by the blood of Jesus. I am forgiven. I'm redeemed by the blood. I don't have to live like I used to live anymore. Praise the Lord. You know, and if people want to talk about how you used to be, I don't know that person anymore. That's 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 the old person. That's how I used to live. That's how I used to be. That's what I was. But let me tell you who I am now. Praise the Lord. I've looked in the mirror. I've seen who I am. So now I'm not going to live like what I used to be because I know, I know by looking into the word of God, what the Lord has done for me, it'll change your life. You understand? See this mirror, he wants you to see, he want, the man or the woman, he wants you to see in the mirror is your new self, not your old self. That's the point. Okay. So I feel in the Holy Ghost, God is talking to some of you. It's going to help you. Because every day, you keep going back to the mirror and you see all your failures and faults and shortcomings and the old man, that's all you see. You don't see the beautiful new creation, the new plant that's been produced by the working of God's Word. Amen? Hallelujah. It'll change your life. Don't go away and forget what manner of man you are in Christ Jesus. Thank God. And I'm going to tell you, brothers and sisters, it takes a while, doesn't it? EQ takes a long time. EQ doesn't, uh, emotional intelligence doesn't take, it doesn't happen just like that. You know what it takes? It takes you slowing down in life. It's taking you time, it's going to take you time where you get the Word of God out and you read it slow and you internalize the Word of God and you see who you are in Christ and you start becoming aware of who you are in Him, amen, as you have self-reflection. When you see your newness, then you won't give in to those fits that you used to because you'll be in touch with who you are in the Lord and that'll give you the ability to regulate yourself in life. Say praise to the Lord. This word is so powerful to change you and me. It's just, uh, just amazing. Okay? So there's a right way to listen. There's a right way, you know, to hear the sermon. The power of language. The word of God. To change you. I want to show you something. This is a natural example. Okay. How many of y'all ever heard of Helen Keller? If you ever get a chance, watch The Miracle Worker, Helen Keller. When she was born, she was a healthy baby. She could see. She could hear. She's around two years old. She lost her sight and she lost her hearing. And as she grew up, then her parents had a hard time communicating with her because she can't see and she can't hear. And a woman comes to help her. Her name's Ann Sullivan. And She works with Helen Keller for months and months and with not very much success. And Helen Keller, before Ann Sullivan got there to help her, Helen Keller, her life was, brothers and sisters, I'm not kidding you, because she couldn't communicate. She didn't have the ability to speak, you know, or she could speak, but she couldn't see and hear, so she didn't understand language. So, you know, because of that, what happened? She was like, wow. And she'd go by. If you read, the, you see the miracle work, she'd grab food off the table. Boom, you know, just knock the dishes off the table. She's like a wild person because she couldn't communicate language. And Sullivan comes, starts trying to help her understand uh, language, communication, and she works with her, works with her, not very successful. And all of a sudden, you know, there's a moment Happens, and that's water. Water. She uh, puts water in her hands. That lets her fill the water, and then Ann Sullivan's signs into the hand. This is water. And it, it dawns on her, water. Okay. But she had to fill the water. See, before then, she could put signs in her hand, but she, there was no reference point. But when the water hit the hand and Ann Sullivan signed in the hand, water, she understood, water. And then from there, she goes to the ground, feels the dirt. What is this? Ground. It's the ground. It was a breakthrough for her. It changed her life. Because now, with the ability to communicate and understand the world around her, She's not, gonna, she's not gonna act like a wild, out of control individual. Amen. She grew up, brothers and sisters. She wrote her own story. And she is she is iconic in American history today. Amen. Because she learned the power of language. It changed her from being a wild, out of control. Amen. I don't like to use the term, but that's the term the term that many people use in references. She's like a wild animal language, when she understood the ability to communicate in language, it changed her life from being an out of control human being to a a human being that was normal. And when you come and you hear the Word of God and you look into it, you stoop down and you spend time in it and you see yourself it's self-reflection, you're going to see it's going to give you the ability, it's working in your life, it's going to change you from being a wild, out of control, abnormal human being into a person I can't kill her. That's the power of the Word of the living God. And it's, it, and I can't give you enough. you got to come here and I can preach the Word, teach the Word of God. That's not enough. you got to take this Word and you've got to constantly, like the monks in the Middle Ages, divine reading. Hours. They spent hours reading slowly, and speaking it out loud and hearing it and internalizing it. Amen. And it changed the Christian world in the West. Amen. The Word of God will change your life, the power of its language. And when you look in it and you see, that's who I am in Christ, you know what? Then you'll start, yeah, that's who I am. Amen power of language. You walk up to a little kid, you're stupid. What do you expect for them from them? What do you expect from them if you always tell them you're, they're stupid? You ex- you expect them to do to excel if you always tell them they're stupid? The power of language. See, Amen. And tell you, Mom and Daddy's proud of you. You're gonna do good. You're gonna do well. Amen. You're going to do well in life because you've got God in your life. Praise the Lord. What's going to happen? You're going to see those little kids. You tell them they're stupid. You show them their natural face in the mirror all the time. That's, uh, and I'm talking about the fallen condition. That's what they're going to be. But If you show them their newness in Christ and their potential in Jesus Christ, they're going to go forth and you'll be surprised. They won't. They yeah. Because this is who I am in the Lord. I'm looking at the right man in the mirror. I'm not looking at the mirror, I'm looking in the mirror. Who I am in Jesus. Wow. And if I know who I am in Christ, that's who I'll be. If all I see is my fallen state. That's who I'll be. Because it's reflection. You understand? Hallelujah. Say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You understand? Power of God's Word to work in your life and also the power of words in a fit of anger to also work in that life. Hallelujah. The looking in the mirror to see. Do you see the old man or do you see the new man? What you see in that mirror is what you're going to be unless you're willing to understand what God's Word says about you. Does everybody understand what I'm saying Get the Word of God in you. Get the Word of God. Sunday morning and Wednesday. Sunday morning Sunday night. Wednesday's not enough. You, you, you need to spend time in the Word of God. Hallelujah. Meditating on it. Reading it. Internalizing it. Read it over and over. Slow, slow. Understand it and obey it. And the Bible says as you do that in that self of self-reflection. Then the Bible tells us the results of that. That you will be blessed if you're a doer. This man shall be blessed in his deeds. You will go forth and God will be able to enrich your life. That's blessing. Blessing comes from God. It's supernatural. Say praise the Lord. amen. Amen. Come, you want to be blessed. You've got to hear the sermon right then. Right? How many of y'all believe God is good? How many believe His gifts are good? How many of y'all believe he's, he's perfect? Aren't you thankful He's not moody? Aren't you thankful He's not divided like the pagan deities that don't know what He wants to do? Right? Praise the Lord. You got to start there. Be swift to listen, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Amen. Receive with meekness the humility, the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Hallelujah. Be a doer of the word and not a hearer of of the word only, deceiving your own selves. When you look in that mirror, see your new self in Christ Jesus. But you need to spend time in that mirror and look and see because it, it doesn't happen quickly, it takes a lot of time. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a juror of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. So, what's he saying here? He says, You're looking into the perfect law of liberty. Oh, I thought law restricts you. People are talking about law. I don't want anything to do with law because law restricts me really? That's most people's concept of law. Law restricts me. It keeps me from being able to do what I want to do. But according to God's word, law brings freedom. You see, that's what God's word says. When he talks about the law, he said it's the perfect law of liberty or freedom. In some cases it does restrict us. But think about Law gives you freedom more than it restricts you. Just for example, driving today when you came here, if there were no laws about what side of the road you have to drive on, you wouldn't have freedom, would you? You would be hindered because you look up, man. You, you know you are trying to make. It. You know, everybody wants to be on the wrong side of the road or whatever, and so it's going to hinder your ability. So the law says, all right, you drive on, I think it's America on the right side of the road, right? Yeah, yeah. Right, I think I'm right. Yeah, in America, you drive on the right side of the road. In in Europe or English, English the English drive on the left side of the road. So, if there's no laws, right, telling you get on the right side of the road, then it's going to hinder your freedom. So, law is restric- restrictive in one sense, but it brings more than restriction. It brings more freedom. Because as long as I'm driving on the right side of the road, I can. Whoosh, and I like to. Whoosh. Amen. And I thank God I don't have more tickets than I do. Because I like to. Whoosh. And I don't want somebody coming down the wrong side of the road in, in head-on collision. So, you say, well, I don't rock laws. I don't rock rules because they don't let me do what I want to do. No, they give you freedom. God's Word, the perfect law of liberty, it gives you freedom. It restricts what should be restricted, but it gives you freedom. Hallelujah. And the Bible says if you look at that perfect law of liberty, it gives you freedom. and you continue in that, you will be blessed in your life. Say praise the Lord. If any man among you seem to be religious, oh, wow. Really, I'm taking too long here on, on this. I should be moving faster, but anyway. Any man be, seem to be religious. You know what religion is? You know what I mean? Look at that. Can you wait till you get home? I'm just kidding. I love you. They're just love it on each other. My goodness, man. Y'all need to write a book? You need to write a book. Just Praise the Lord. I'm up here to preach the word of God. Just love it on Andrew. Just my goodness, man. Hallelujah. You're a distraction. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Hallelujah. Go ahead. Hallelujah. If it keeps you out of my office fussing fight, and fussing and fighting, I'm all for it, man. You know what I mean? Thank you, Jesus. We need to, you know what? We need to learn from the newlyweds, don't we? We need to go back. Hallelujah. Where was I? Okay, anyway, religion. You know what religion is? What is religion? You hear people talk about religion? What is religion? I'm going to let you help me. Come on. You're in class today. You get to talk back. It's not just a one-sided thing. What is religion? Yeah, look how smart I am. i got some smart church people here. Religion is, it really means outward manifestation. Religion is outward manifestation. It's your ritual. It's your practice of the faith. Okay, you with me? So how many religious people we got out there? Yeah. Should be an outward manifestation. There's a ritual in your life, a practice of your faith. Amen? But there's a a wrong religion. I say not wrong religion, but a wrong approach to religion. So let's look at it. If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, see we're going back to the tongue again in anger. Not slow to speak. Don't have their tongues under control. Amen. Later in John in, in chapter three, he'll talk about the tongue, and he'll use the same term bridle. Okay? So you got something small, a bridle. It's very powerful. Something small that's powerful. Okay? Now, so if any man seemed to be religious, and James is preaching to the church of his day and to us now, his religion is in vain. You can't control your tongue, and I can't control my tongue. My religion is in vain. It's not real. Is, is there a, is, put it together, a religious foul mouth? Can you be religious and be a foul mouth? No, you can't. You cannot be religious, have the right ritual and, and, and outward manifestation and practice of faith if you're foul mouth. Woo! Yeah, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. So somebody says they're a believer right but they can't bridle their tongue they can't control their tongue the Bible says "But it deceives his own heart this man's religion is empty we can talk all day long about how you know yeah Christians right but it's all vain if I can't keep my tongue under control amen right foul mouth. And James will deal with this more as we go along here. But deceives his own heart. This man's religion is empty. But then he talks about uh, a pure religion or a true religion. Okay? Uh, Two things. Number one, he says, pure religion and undefiled before who? God. God says, this is what I'm looking for in pure religion, purity. Now, purity in the Old Testament, they bring these sacrifices, and those animals, man, they had to be pure, okay? Flawless. They couldn't have defects in them if they're going to be accepted by God. But James is saying, no, in the New Testament, God is not looking at a sacrifice to be faultless and without blemish. He said he's looking for something else in the New Testament, purity. And he says the first thing is this, if you want to have pure religion and none defiled before God and the Father, is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction, number one. He said there are people in life who have had reversals in life. These people have gone through times of loss and times of suffering. A widow has lost her husband to death. An orphan has lost his parents. Both of these people, the widow and the orphan, have lost something very important in their life. They've experienced a reversal. So there's a time When this woman had a husband, there was a time when these children had parents, but not anymore. Something happened in their life to cause a reversal. And the wife doesn't have her husband anymore. And the child doesn't have his parents anymore. And so James, very practical. He said, religion, a ritual, a practice, outward manifestation, if it's pure, he said, "You're going to help those. You're going to visit them. It means more than just drop by and say hello and pat them on the back. It says when you go and see them, you're going there to help them. Amen. Help those that are in need. If you're that's, that that's showing love. You're helping people that that are in need, people that are suffering, that have had reversals in their life." you show up, you know, they're going to walk up there and say, hello. And okay, just want to drop by and see how you're doing. And, and they have a need. Have you really visited them? The word visit doesn't mean just to go see. The word visit means meet the need. And I think about thinking about this as I was preparing yesterday, the uh, rest home ministry that some of you are involved in. That's pure religion. You're going to people in a rest home. Amen? Why are you going? So they could do something for you? No. You're going there and it's totally pure. Your motives are so pure because you're going in there to help the helpless. You're going in there to minister to people. Some of them lost their children. Some of them lost husbands. Amen? Just just people who've had reversals in life. I was thinking about this the other day, and I thank God for those of you who go to that ministry and and minister to those people. And they're a blessing. You'll get something in return because they'll just bless you right back. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But that's pure religion. Amen. Visiting the widows in their affliction. Men or women widows are not just a woman. It could be a man who lost lost his wife. Amen. Praise the Lord. In their what? Affliction. And then secondarily, James closes it out. He says, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. See, we have responsibilities as people not only to help others, but also not let that world get in us. Now you let that world get in. Get in see, we're, okay. we live in a messy world. I said we live in a messy world. And if you let this messy world, we, it will mess you up. Does that make sense? Because you live in a messy world, this messy world can mess you up. Amen. And James tells us here that we are to keep ourselves unspotted from this world. Don't let this messy world mess you up, if you can understand it that way. Because it will mess you up, brothers and sisters. Amen. As a pastor, and I'm sure you as well, have seen people, the messes that they have allowed themselves to get into. The messes of life, I tell you, best, some of the things that people do and the messes they're in today, it's, it's just mind-boggling how messed up you and I can get if we give into this messy world. Amen. So we need to thank God today that when we, would you stand when you come to the house of God, that we've got the Word of God and the Word of God is working in our life. Amen. And, and be a doer of that word. Practically speaking, help other people and keep yourself out of the mess of this world because it will mess you up. It will mess me up. So I thank God for the word of God today. This is how you listen to a sermon. Praise the Lord. And I want to be like those, I'm not a monk, but in some sense I want to be like the monks, you know, Lectio Divia, the divine reading, where I read it slowly over and over until I internalize that word, and then I go forth and I put it into action. And some of the things he mentioned here is helping those that are in need and keeping myself from being polluted by this world. Amen. Amen. So keep yourself clean. Don't let the garbage of anger get in you. Don't let the word of God continue to work in your life. How many of y'all want to see yourself in that mirror changed all the time and you see more and more of Christ and less and less of that old man? It has That's the power of this word. That's the power of language. It'll change your life, man. To, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again. You come I believe you come and sit in this church for six months, six months, under the word of God, for six months, and I've said it many times, it will change your life.